have the privilege this morning to, to share the word with you, and uh, it's entitled Kingdom Influence, My Father's Business, and it's all around Luke 2, from verse 41 to 50. And just by way of an introduction, just to say that God is taking this church on a journey. And when, when I consider and I, I listen to teachings from other churches, it's very clear to me that He's taking His body on a journey. You see, He's taking us forward. And I believe that our focus right now on kingdom and kingdom influence is not mere chance, but that it's not just a series of teachings that we are running through, but I believe that it is prophetic fulfillment. I believe it is prophetic action, because as we walk in what he's telling us to do, he can open himself up to reveal to us where we are going. So the mere actions we're taking right now as a church is prophetic by action. I believe Father is changing the way we think about things. And it was touched on a little bit earlier during one of the parts of the service, but we run the risk as believers of coming to be born again and then stopping there. And we hold on to what is the most precious fundamental of our faith, the fact that Jesus died so that we can be reconciled with the Father. But some of us stop there. And you get believers who've been walking with the Lord for many, many, many years. And they're just clinging on to their salvation. And it's important. But it's part of the journey. You see, God is changing the way we think about things. He's changing the way we've thought about things as a church. And that's why I am so excited about the, the times we are living in today. Because God is preparing us. He's setting us up for a new thing. He is taking us to another level as His church. He wants to do a great work in this body, in this city, in this nation, and beyond. And for those of you who were in the service last week, Dr. Faree shared a, a word along those lines. You see, it's got everything to do with kingdom and His kingdom. That is the next step. That is the journey that we're on. You see, church, we are on a mission, a God assignment, and I sense destiny in every step. I am excited. I am thrilled. I'm looking forward to where we are going because I know that there's a peace on every side and in my heart that we are walking in God's will. And that thrills me so much. So in terms of kingdom, what, what have we learned so far? I just wanted to do a quick recap. And when I read these words, you'll hear they come straight from Dr. Miles, because I thought I'm not going to reinvent it. He does it best. So God's plan is all about kingdom. God's plan in creation is all about extending 
His heavenly kingdom on earth. It's about sons and daughters, not servants. It's about a kingdom of sons and daughters, not subjects. It's about a commonwealth of citizens, not Christians. It's about relationship and not religion. You see, it's the good news gospel of a king, daddy, Abba, father, his kingdom, and his people, you and I. And his message in Jesus to us today is come. Come take your rightful place in my home, in my chambers, in my courts, with full title, unashamed because of what Jesus has done for us. Come. Take your rightful place. So it's in this context that I would like us to look at an aspect of our purpose as sons and daughters, and that is extending His heavenly kingdom here on earth. You see, extending the kingdom, that was Jesus' mission. And it was misunderstood many times. But the mission of Jesus to come And to eventually die and be raised so that we could accept Him as our Lord and Savior. So that we can come into right standing with Father. Is all about a King. His kingdom and His people. You see, that is our mission today as the body of Christ. The mission of extending the kingdom. That is going about my father's business. So we're going to look at Luke 2 from verse 41 to 50, but I'm only going to focus from verse uh, 48 onwards. I'm, I'm going to try and paint a picture for you and bring it into today's times. So the setup is that Jesus is 12 years old. So he's my daughter's age, thereabout. Um, he's my daughter's age, and They are traveling from Nazareth to Jerusalem, which is about 145 kilometers, so from Rustenburg to Pretoria, on foot. So they arrive in Pretoria, and they celebrate the Passover, and they are now ready to make their journey back. And if you can imagine that all of us was on this journey, probably even more. If you can consider that the men and the women generally traveled separately and that the kids would be kind of mingling and up and down. So we depart from Pretoria and Joseph and Mary, they don't see Jesus for the whole day. But it doesn't worry them. It doesn't bother them because it's what's done. At the same time, you need to be mindful that they traveled in these big groups because it was unsafe. There was harm on the route. They traveled separately because it was their custom. So Jesus goes, they get to the end of their journey and now it's evening. And Mary and Joseph now start to mingle amongst the people, their family, their friends, And they realize that Jesus is missing. Now, how many of you parents have experienced that, even if it was for a short period of time? Moms, in particular, I'm sure your hearts sink. Now, they realize he is missing. 
He is gone. He is nowhere to be found. And they are kilometers and kilometers away. Can you imagine the thoughts that were going through their mind? It sounds a little bit like some of the stories we hear in our news today. And I say it because we need to realize that it was not a safe time that they were living in. Can you imagine they went through the whole night because now they can't travel at night, let alone the fact that they need to travel back alone. So that whole night they wait. The next day they journey back to a city like Pretoria. Now where do you start looking in a city like Pretoria? You're tired. You're weathered. You're anxious. Beyond repair. And now where do you start looking? Imagine yourself coming in through Pretoria West and thinking, where do we start? The only thing we have knowledge of is the fact that he wasn't along the road. And we can thank the Lord for that. Can you imagine the thought in their heart knowing that they've got the Savior of the world, yet they didn't know it. They just know that they were entrusted with this very, very special. Can you imagine in their hearts going, well, God, we've lost him. Think about that for a minute. So eventually, they find him at Choose Life Church. In the temple, they find him. 12 years old. Now I know, so you've got anxiety, then it's relief. And I know when I went missing, came some anger, some holy anger, for not sticking with the, the family. But yeah, they arrive at Choose Life Church, and if you can imagine seats on the stage, and they're sitting in a circle, and Jesus is, this 12-year-old boy is busy talking to the teachers. Now, the commentaries refer to it as doctors. These were people of high regard. So now Mary and Joseph arrive at the door, and they can't enter in because Joseph has only got the title of father. How Jesus managed to connect with these people of title, only God knows, but he did. But his parents, after all of this, now can't enter in. So that brings us to verse 48, and we'll pick up the story from there. So when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. Now put yourself in, just, just think about Jesus' response. Because almost when I look at this response and put it in our context, I want to give the guy a hiding. <laughs> so his reply is, so why are you looking for me? Why on earth are you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Those were the words that came out of his mouth. Now you see, they didn't understand what he was talking about. Can you imagine the frustration they might have felt as his parents because not only have they been so full of anxiety, they don't know what he's talking about. 
Not, sorry, mom, dad. Not, I'm sorry to have caused you trouble. The answer is, why are you looking for me? I am going about my father's business. And the next verse says, but they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. You see, Jesus was about, and this is point number one, Jesus was about his heavenly father's business. And they couldn't understand it because Jesus was on a kingdom assignment. And the picture of a kingdom and a kingdom of assignment was not part of their frame of reference at that point in time. You realize that when you study about the kingdom, that the timing of the coming of Christ was perfectly timed. Because if he came any earlier than the time he did, the people would have never understood the concept of kingdom. Never. Because that's not the way they grew up through the centuries. So the timing of Christ's coming was perfect. But he was on a kingdom assignment, and he was focused, and he wasn't going to be distracted, even at that young age. And that is why they never understood. And I somehow wonder... If that's not where verse 51 comes from, Jesus understood. He knew. And so it says in verse 51, just as a side, then he went down with them and came to Nazareth. He went home and he was subject to them. Because you need to realize that the timing was not yet right for him to be released into ministry. So all these things are going on. And the scripture says that, that Mary was mindful of this. All along, from that time, even though she didn't understand. You see, we have the benefit of understanding Jesus' kingdom mandate today. Why? Because the scripture reveals it to us. It's all laid out for us in the scripture. And it is manifested and demonstrated to us by the Holy Spirit. Last Sunday was a perfect example as we just spent time as a congregation in ministry. And the Holy Spirit demonstrated the kingdom as the ministry took place here. You see, point number two, as disciples, as sons and daughters, we must be about Father's business. See, John 15, 15 says that we are no longer servants because servants do not know the Father or do not know the Master's business. But you are now called friends, sons and daughters. So the same mandate is upon us today as his sons and daughters. And so we have and we must be about Father's business. You see, the word must means to be required or compelled to do. We are compelled to do Father's business. You see, God's business is an imperative call on our lives. It's a command that we need to fulfill and follow. But you see, it doesn't come from the context of God with a big whip saying, you now will do because I have done such amazing things for you, now do it. It comes from the fact that we understand where we came from, that we are lost without Christ, and that he has gathered us up and made us fellow joint heirs with him through the blood of the cross. And it is that thankfulness and it's that understanding that is embedded within us that makes it a joy to follow that imperative call. So it brings us joy to do the will of the Father. It's not a burden, because we understand from where we came. 
You see, our Father's business is the extension of His kingdom here on earth and bring renown, glory, and honor to Father while we are about doing it. So point number three, some examples, because I like to be practical. So some examples of being about God's business. Well, number one, we need to place God and the pursuit of His kingdom first place in our lives. Matthew 6, verse 33, seek first the kingdom and His righteousness. Seek first the kingdom and His righteousness. So how do we go about it? Well, I believe we need to be disciples of prayer. One of the aspects of putting the pursuit of the kingdom first place in our lives is the aspect of prayer. 1 Thessalonians 5 Verse 16 to 18. I'll just read it for you quickly. Verse 16. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus in you. You see, pursuing relationship through prayer with Father is something Jesus did. And He is our example. So we need to spend time in prayer. But there's many aspects of prayer, and we need to elevate the importance of prayer in the context of pursuing His kingdom. Well, pray for the extension of God's kingdom. Matthew 9, verse 37 to 38 says, Pray to the Lord of the harvest, because the laborers are few. Pray that He would send laborers. Matthew 6 verse 10 says in the Lord's Prayer, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Make it a matter of prayer. Use prayer to wage warfare in the spirit realm, a teaching I shared with you about a few weeks ago. Ephesians 6 verse 18 says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication for all the saints. And this is in the context of spiritual warfare and putting on the armor of God. So church, we need to be praying. Personally, praying for the sick, praying for the brokenhearted, praying for people to come to salvation in Jesus Christ. That is going about Father's business. The second aspect I want to bring up is that we need to be disciples of the Bible. I don't know how else to put it, but we need to be people of the word. We need to be disciples of the Bible. Colossians 3 verse 16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. We need to have a love for God's word. We need to pursue an understanding of the kingdom and what it is all about through study of the word. All the answers we are looking for with regard to the kingdom, the king, the kingdom and his people, you will find in the word. The next thing that we need to realize in terms of the Bible tells us that we need to be doers of God's word. And if we're not doers of, if we don't know God's word, how can we be doers of it? So it needs to be a matter of priority. I believe being a Bible person is going about God's business. Leading into point number three on this uh, this particular point, God's business is about influence, being heast. 
And I want to just link it with uh, being a Bible disciple as well by reading James 1, verse 22 to 25. And it says in the Scriptures, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. Verse 25 is the key. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, God's business, a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. So God's business is about influence. And God wants us, if you could imagine a piece of fabric with the, the threads running through each other, that is what God wants us to be like in terms of influence. If you think of yeast, God wants us to be kneaded into the yeast so that it can rise. Grow and bear fruit where you are planted. You see, God has put you in a place Unless you are walking in total disobedience to him, he has put you in a place of influence. And be an influence where you find yourself. That is being about God's business. And I want to close with this one, just the last one. I, I listened to, to a message recently and a word which stuck out at me was the word reach. So I want to close with the point reach. You see, when we're going about God's business, some of, some of the, the points I've raised seem very internal, seem very, well, I can do that in my prayer room, in private, or I could do it in my workplace, which could also be at times considered a safe place. But I'm telling you that going about God's business is more about the external, the reach than what it has to do with the internal. You see, the, the matter of pursuing holiness and righteousness is not something that should pull us towards ourselves, but it should actually motivate us to reach. Reach is all about stretching out, reaching out, and extending Father's kingdom here on earth. And God wants us to take the message of the good news gospel of his kingdom to the ends of the earth. So church, my encouragement to you today is let's be about Father's business. Amen. Let us pray. Father, I thank you that we have the privilege to meet in your presence today. Lord, I thank you that we are, are not wandering aimlessly, but that God, you have set us on a course a course with purpose, and that purpose is the extension of your kingdom. I thank you, Father, that there would be a boldness that rises up within us, and that we would pursue the kingdom, that we would be about God's business, that we would be about our Father's business. So, Father God, I charge your people right now by your Holy Spirit, and I say, go, go be yeast. Go be influencers. May your prayer life never be the same as you have a kingdom-minded context. 
And I thank you, Lord, that as we pursue you, with our eyes focused on you and you alone, there need be no fear, because our God has raised us up. He has raised us up for such a time as this, and that, Father, we would look forward to the work you are doing in our lives individually and corporately in this nation, in this continent, and beyond. May we go in your peace now, in Jesus' name. Amen.